Well, welcome, welcome, welcome back to Rugby League in America. My name is Dustin Zare. Thanks so much for joining me. This is episode 224 of Rugby League in America, coming to you from North Carolina here in the United States. So glad to have you all joining us, listening in today from wherever you are around the world. Specifically those here in the U.S. Big couple weeks, big couple weeks, lots of stuff going on. And with that, some of you are probably going, Dustin, what the what, man? You haven't been around since August 6th when you released that holy shit World Cup announcement. Um, Yeah, I know. So here's the deal. Uh, I haven't been on audio. I haven't been on video, but I have been behind the scenes. You got a blog post, a couple blog posts that came out, giving you some updates. There's some graphic design that I've done. I'm pretty happy with those things. The reason I haven't been on is because of this. And this has nothing to do with the entire episode. I'm excited. It's just going to be me today because we got five big things. I mean, we're talking about big, big things that are happening in rugby league, but we'll get to those here in a second. So good episode. Five things. The reason I haven't been on back uh, August, well, third would be the day because the day I recorded it, I believe, again, my timeline's a little bit off here. I was working out in the evening and uh, doing some weightlifting and doing an exercise called a skull crusher. Now, of course, a lot of you that listen are probably athletes you're probably rugby players around the world you know what a scroll crusher is you lie on a bench you lie on the floor you take a weight over top of your head tricep workout bring it up on top it over your face lift it over your head touch the ground behind you rinse and repeat we've got an at-home weight set that weight set consists of you know normal small you know, weights you would put onto a bar i have a piece of equipment that literally stacks multiple weights on top of a, uh, a post and screws down with the handle, almost like a kettlebell. Well, I decided to put some weights on there, about 20 kilos, uh, so 45 pounds total, a good size, good size weight, you know, and, you know, nothing out of the norm. And I do some kettlebell swings, did some kettlebell swings, great stuff. And then uh, I decided, okay, I'll do some skull crushers now. Unfortunately, that handle, which is threaded, you know, threads it all the way down, locks it in place, uh, decided that my kettlebell swings was enough. And on my second rep of doing skull crushers, the handle came off from the rest of the system and 20 kilos of weight fell straight on my face. Not just one, you know, small disc it'd be five or four discs of five kilos each so um a lot of a lot of weight on my face broke my nose in multiple places messed up my head messed up my eye messed up a lot of things so i'm pretty worse for the wear like i had been in a rugby match so that's uh you know that's uh, maybe my my claim to fame right now (laughs) i i was i looked like i was in a rugby match actually i looked like i was in a ufc battle that i lost this is what I what I'd say. So, so apologize for not being around. It's been a couple of weeks. Had sur- had to have surgery. Had to have some other stuff done and a little bit of reconstruction. 
I'll probably be on the video in another week or so. It's getting better, but you know, uh, the bone almost popped out of skin, so it didn't, but that's a good thing. Um, but it was broken in two places on my nose, uh, kind of, kind of messed up. So <laughs> yeah, that's why I've been gone. That's why I haven't been able to do stuff, but here I am lots of stuff to cover. I'll address the five biggest news events as it pertains to rugby league in the Americas. You ready? All right. Number one, rugby league United has completed their first season of competition. Congratulations to the guys up there in the Northeast and the Mid-Atlantic. The winners of the RLU, and somebody said, to no one's surprise, DC Calvary. Congratulations. They were a 40-22 to 22 winner over the Brooklyn Kings. Carlos Vegarano was named the man of the match for the third time this season, so congratulations to Carlos on his MVP performance for the grand final up there in the RLU. DC undefeated, and in fact, probably not even close the entire season. They had a points differential for the season of plus 346 in seven games. That's right. 40-22 in the final. Other scores were 38-14, and 42-28. So people have been kind of writing me and begging the question, like, how bad was the competition or how good is DC? And the answer is, I have no idea. There's no way. It's hard to test. It's hard to tell because, you know, it's four teams in the Northeast that are playing. They don't play with the USARL. They don't play against, as of right now, um, they're not playing against the Toronto Wolfpack, which we'll get to that in a little bit. Some interesting things about the Wolfpack for all you Wolfpack faithful out there. But, you know, that's the thing. Who knows? No idea. So we'll see. What happens? I would love to see DC like play. I mean, who wouldn't love to see DC play the winner of the US, the USARL? I know I would. It would be you know that's a testament. Like okay, the winner of the two conference you know tournaments in the US do they play each other? I, will it happen? Probably not. I'll, I'll just say that right now. It's probably not going to happen. But we can hope that it's going to happen. Time will tell. Uh, congratulations, Ryan Burroughs, owner, coach, captain, I don't know what, uh, maybe coach, I think he's coach too, uh, of, of DC Calvary. I know he's been putting in a lot of the hard work. And a lot of the guys have been up there. Uh, they've been, since the days of the NARL, when they first got up there, they they tried. They've, they've been the ones playing a lot of matches in the Northeast, you know, just trying to get their team built. And they have a solid squad, that's for sure. I've watched a little bit. They, I mean, as much as you can, at least, with, you know, kind of the lack of, you know, live streaming and, and, and whatnot, but we talk about that a lot. DC, congratulations, guys. You, you deserve it. You played well all season. RLU, inaugural champions, 2023. So we'll see if they can defend the title next year. We'll see if maybe they'll get a game against somebody else. Well, I know some guys, they, they, they said they, they'd like to play against a Toronto Wolfpack or the Toronto City Saints. I'd love to see them play the Saints. I just love to see more games. So there's that. There you go. That's your first one. The second one kind of alluded to it. The Toronto Wolfpack. That's right, friends. 
Toronto Wolfpack have actually played matches. Now, <laughs> I know some of you are sitting there listening to me going, well, are they coming on the podcast? No, they're not. We've reached out numerous, numerous, numerous times. They will not return our phone calls. They will or not turn our uh, carrier pigeons. They will not return our faxes that we send on our fax machine that's from 1987. They won't even respond to you know, Twitter messages. So there's that. We tried everything. So far, nobody wants to talk to us from the Toronto Wolfpack, which is unfortunate. So, but we'll still cover it, right? Because they're playing teams that we do cover. First match was against Whistler Wolves. And the, the boys from Whistler took the long flight from the western part of Canada all the way to Toronto and went over there. And at halftime, we're only trailing by 10 points, 16 to 6. But you know, obviously, the Wolfpack, lots of all stars, we'll say, all Canadian all stars and other stars from around, around the world, um, you know, ended up putting a, a good number on them, 60 to 6. And then last weekend, the Atlanta Rhinos from down in the U.S. Aerial South took the trip, which we'll talk about in a second up there, to play the Toronto Wolfpack, and unfortunately lost 88-4. to Now, I want to address this part of it. 88-4, to people are like, oh my gosh, you know, why would Atlanta even play that, blah, blah, blah. Here's the deal. Atlanta ran into probably one of the worst situations uh, that you could probably run into and how, you know, for them, I, I feel bad for the team. I really do because they, they get on, they get ready to go play on, go on a flight to fly up to Toronto and then their flight gets canceled. But let me tell you something that is, is this, just, I guess, heartfelt. They decided, the players from Atlanta that could go up, that they had some players from, uh, from Delaware who made the trip over as well because, you know, not all Americans have passports. You couldn't make it up there. You got to have a passport to get across. Um, they decided to get on, to, you know, get a bus or get a rental van and drive 15 hours to go play rugby league. So for those of you listening around the world, I, we put this on our Twitter, we put this on social media. It's a Herculean effort that North Americans, the North Americans, right? Because it's Canadians as well. And, and even Brazil down there, shoot, like the distance between those teams are large too. It's a Herculean effort to, to play matches sometimes, right? The distance that we have to travel, we've talked about it on the show before, even within the conference. It's hours. It's three, four, six, eight hours in some cases to drive, but to drive 15 hours to go play a rugby league match. How dare anybody give Atlanta Rhinos any shit that I saw on social media about coming up and, and putting in a poor performance? Y'all can kiss my ass. That's just ridiculous. So that's my opinion on that matter. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a shame that it happened. It's a shame that, you know, their flight got canceled. But kudos to the Atlanta Rhinos. You know, the guys down there, it's a, had a tough season. You know, they finished third in the USARL with, with one win. Um, and I, I believe uh, four losses. Um, and, and I think that it's, you know, you have a tough year. They had a lot of injuries. 
they they had a lot of guys hurt. They had to forfeit one of the matches because of injuries. So um, they went up, they played, they did a great job. So congratulations to the Atlanta Rhinos. You know, Whist- you know Whistler, congratulations to those guys for making the long trip. That's a long flight, probably four and a half, five hours as well on a flight, right? Um, Wolfpack, they win again. So they've won two matches back to back. They've decided to add Boston 13s. They're going to be playing next weekend, September 3rd. Um, you know, the reports have been, you, know, you see social media, and social media can put things in any way, right? What I see and what we've had people for who are actually at the games tell us is there's about four, maybe 500 people at most at their match at the Wolfpack matches, which is good. And that's a good number. The problem is, is they're still trying to charge like $35. Now, I think something on social media came out the other day where they're going to charge, you know, just do the $17. Still, $17 is still a decent amount of money to play, to go watch amateur rugby league. It's not professional. It's it's amateur. Sorry, it just is. Um, But we'll see. I, I think they should be, matches should be five, 10 bucks at most. You, you can't charge more than that. You know, go make your stuff off concessions in your beer garden. That's fine. So there's that. My biggest thing for the Toronto Wolfpack, and I'll end it here, is that I question, you know, they call it the Canadian Cup. Like, there's not really a cup. It's not a competition that they're playing for. There's nothing that, you know, that's coming out that says, oh, we're going to do this, and uh, we're, we're going to play home and away matches. Every single match is at Lamport for Toronto right now, and they're offering to pay I mean, they're not offering. They are paying everybody's way up. We talked about this on a previous episode. So if you got questions about how much they're actually, I think, um, you know, we talked about like $11,000 per, you know, we'll call it eight to $11,000 per team to come up and play. You do realize that if the Toronto Wolfpack ownership wanted to help grow the game of rugby league, they could have funded, self-funded the entire America's championship to see matches between Canada, the United States, Jamaica, and Brazil without any question. Think about that. Think about how that impacts the growth of rugby league. You know, you have the Wolfpack. Yeah, you come up and you play games against Whistler and you play Rhinos and you're playing everybody else that you're going to be playing. And the Rhinos are going to go back up, by the way. They are going to go back up for a second game. So you have all these teams coming up from the U.S. I still don't know if Toronto Saints are going to play the Wolfpack. That would be an interesting one. So waiting to hear on that. Anyway, my last question, final question that I'll throw out into the ether is, are the Toronto Wolfpack actually going to go somewhere else and play? Are they going to travel down to Jacksonville, play the Axemen? Are they going to go out to Utah and play the Roosters or play the Seagulls or whoever they may play? I, I, I think it's not the best for the game when you're saying, hey, everybody's got to come play us. Yeah, you're paying for everybody to come up. You're playing accommodations. You're paying for hotels. But if you're not playing somebody else on their home turf, you're just, you have home field advantage all the time. Is that really like, I don't know. Maybe that's, it's kind of a reverse, you know, it's almost like the new Wolfpack ownership is doing what the Super League did to the Wolfpack back when they played in, you know, in the Super League and the championship just kind of screwing other teams over right now. So making, you know, they're paying for everybody else's stuff to come and play them when you know the original Wolfpack ownership uh, had to pay for flights and everything to, for people to come play over here. It's kind of a weird situation. It's not quite the same, but this, they're like doing the same thing over again. Anyway, Toronto Wolfpack playing matches back at it.
next big news event. Rugby League World Cup. Now, the last episode, we talked about this in depth. You say we, I mean I. And I kind of brought out all kinds of issues, all kinds of questions. Um, there's been a lot of stuff on social media, uh, specifically from Brazil Rugby League. They did not hold back. They were uh, very upset. Um, yeah, they posted their, their press release on Twitter. And I think the guys over at... Uh, um, oh, who was it? I, oh, I have a brain fart right now. And who actually was talking about that? A league freak and... Um, oh, I'm going to punch myself for not remembering that. Um, anyway, and then I know League Freak talked about it on their podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago. Or last week, I think about the response and i think it was great and they were definitely correct on a lot of stuff brazil came out and said you know we want clarity how are these rankings how when the last time that chile and brazil played each other how did brazil get downgraded and chile go up when the last time either of those teams played was when brazil beat chile in the south american cup and so there's all kinds of, just all kinds of issues left and right which brazil did not hold back they did not hold back if you want to see that go find their you know, go find their Twitter thread. You know, some of the things that you know they talked about was the IRL's aim as a key priority was to take rugby league nines to the Olympics, and now they're phasing out nines. And report that the uh, the rugby league World Cup was a financial and exhibition and impeccable success. Now the IRL says they have to cut back to make a profit. So there's all kinds of questions that they're bringing up and literally calling out the IRL, calling out Troy Troy Grant. Um, and Troy responded, um, and it was oh, Frigo and Freak. That's who. That's who was on the podcast. So I had to think about that. Um, they had it right. Troy responded on Twitter. Now I, every, I know everybody's got things against Troy. He's you know any questions that we've ever raised, he's addressed them for the most part, and so we don't really haven't really had a conversation with him. Love to. Uh, Carbs and I have talked about trying to do a live interview, a uh, live Twitter with Troy. And maybe we can arrange that if Carbs ever decides to come back to, you know, talking about rugby league rather than his life hacks that he's putting out there onto social media. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, you'll have a laugh about that too. And I'm sure he will when he's listening to this. But Troy, Troy's response shouldn't have been on Twitter. And the things that were said on there are, are, are frustrating, right? The fact of the matter is, you know, Troy said that they're planning, they're, they're working to plan a discussion. They're planning a time frame, a consultation with the nations and the confederations about the regional championships, this world series, so emerging nations, basically. And so they're planning to plan for a plan. And that's a terrible response. And I said this from the beginning, and I said it last week, the fact that this world series is just a concept in name only and wasn't thought about, and none of this was actually discussed with any of the regions that would be impacted by it is kind of ridiculous. It really is. It's kind I mean, it's, it's, it's almost, you know, it's almost unprofessional. And if you are the national, well, excuse me, if you are the international governing body, you don't respond to one of your nations calling you out on Twitter by calling them back out on Twitter and telling them that they're wrong. You do it professional manner. You do it behind closed doors and you figure that shit out behind closed doors. And then you come out with a joint statement afterwards. That's how you handle things. That's how business works. That's how you handle those things in a business setting. You don't do it on social media. Sorry. 
So what's next? Right. What, what happened after this? The big thing that happened after this, and it continues to happen, and it's an ever evolving conversation. Last week, a, a letter was sent to the IRL from 17 nations that we know of. Or somebody said 16. I think it's 17. We don't know all the nations, but I'm just going by hearsay right now. We know that 16 countries have signed a letter written to International Rugby League expressing their disappointment over the reduced World Cup, World Cup plans for 2026, right? The one that was supposed to be held in France in 25, now going to go down to the, you know, Australia, New Zealand, basically down there. It's, they raise concerns over, quote, the profound ramifications the decision will have on developing the game globally. The letter also confirmed that the changes were made by the IRL board without the consultation of the vast majority of its members. Color me surprised, right? Despite the fact that this dramatically impacts the organization and athletes of the emerging nations. And we talked about it last time. The reduction of the number of teams leaves 10 spots open. You know, who can qualify? And those of those of the last two, sp- last two spots that remain open technically you need to be a member, a full member nation. And as of right now, United States, Canada, Brazil are not full member nations. There's a couple other ones on there. Uh, I may be Spain. Um, Germany for sure, I think is one. Um, and then you have like questions like, what about Greece? Right? So they got into the, the tournament last year. Um, you know, they're one of their main two spots. We were trying, trying to like go back and double check to see if Greece is a full member nation. And I can't remember if they are or not. But as I try to go on the IRL's website, their membership page is broken. They said they fixed it, but it's still broken. No. So there, there's that, right? You know, we know. Here's what do we know. I know that the Brazil and the US and Canada have all signed this letter. But the rest is still a mystery. I would probably assume that maybe Spain and Germany are on there. because. Love Rugby League came out with an article that had Germany on there. So I can imagine the Germans are not very happy. I'm sure there's other nations too. And I'm sure there's others who didn't sign, probably due to the impact of their registration and application to gain IRL, even affiliate membership, or to move from affiliate to full. So maybe, I don't know if Jamaica signed. And they're a full member. And it's like, ugh, like did, did you sign to support the other growing nations? Or, you know, the fact that Romeo, Montia sits on, you know, the European Rugby League board, you know, then, but he's also member, like he's got to walk a fine line. So I don't know what the Jamaican response is to this. I'd love to talk to them and just kind of find out, but who knows? Who knows what it's going to be? Um, lots of stuff. We're going to, um, I'm working diligently to get um, both Brazil and Canada and maybe if I can get someone from the United States, I don't know. But I think it'd be good to just talk to the Canadians and the Brazilians about this because, one, Brazil's been very active on social media. So I think that would be good to kind of learn from them, like what their what their issues are, you know, barring any sort of um, you know, language barrier, which I don't think there is. I think they'll be good. Be just fine. So. so there you go. Right. That's your third one. World Cup Merging Nations letter sent to the IRL. Still want to see what's going to be on there. I man, that's a <laughs> it's going to be fascinating. 
once that letter gets officially released, if we can get it released to us. Come on, Emerging Nations. I know that you want to get it out there. I would like to know who's all on that list too. That would be the amazing thing. So we can talk a little more about that. Okay, cruising along here into our fourth major news article, discussion point, whatever you want to call it, topic of the show. The NRL has finally, finally confirmed Las Vegas is happening. We've only been calling it for a couple months now that it's going to happen. It's confirmed. I mean, Vlandes and Abdo were, you know, here in the U.S. and, you know, talking to people out in Vegas. And so here's what we know. First matchup is the Sydney Roosters versus the Brisbane Broncos. And second match will be Manly Sea Eagles versus those South Sydney Rabbitohs. Doubleheader is going to be played at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas on Saturday, March 2nd. And then it just says local time <laughs> and broadcast live to Australia, New Zealand on Sunday, March 3rd. So these matches will probably be evening. I would say late evening. Sun, you know, Saturday here, probably nighttime so that you get like a midday. You know, match on Australia, New Zealand on Sunday, maybe a, a noon or 12 or a one to two o'clock match it's between noon and two, I'd assume. Ah, uh, man, there has been just all kinds of reports and all kinds of discussions about this. And it's been <laughs> it's been all over social media. And so I wanted to kind of address some of these things because it is super fascinating. The first part of it is that you have all of these pundits in Australia who have so many comments about how the sport can be successful in the US and comparing it to the NFL. And I'll, I'll play a clip and then I'll come back and kind of address one of the issues that, that they're bringing up here. Seriously, how much do you think, and the NRL said this to, um, to the clubs there, there's 70, I think there's 74,000 people in college, play, play college football, We're only about 250 make it freshly every year. And one thing they're trying to do when they go over there is, have a little bit of mark with the college system. Is that wishful thinking or is that something you would do if you were going over for the dogs? No, 20, 28 years ago when the Super League War started, we actually brought four young college uh, students over who didn't make the draft. We brought them over here to Australia. They were 21 years of age, obviously. They left college over there. And had I got them at 15 or 16, they'd have played this game. They played at reserve grade level, wonderful athletes, very professional about what they did. Um, and there is a chance, but you'd have to get them a little younger, I think, to actually learn our game or set up some academies across there where they could, in their high schools over there, where they could learn the nuances of the game. But they were great athletes. They played at reserve grade level, but were good kids. All right. And they... And they they were the ones that didn't make the draft over there. Okay. So the first issue that I have is that, one, there's not 70-odd thousand football players in the United States in college right now. In D1, there's about 15,000 and some change. In D2, there's about 19,000, right? So that's kind of the first, I think, 50, yeah, I think 15,000, something like that, in D1 scholarships. Right, so... <sighs> There's an issue with that. Like, don't start throwing out numbers. The, the important thing to know is that of all of those players, only 
you know, division one, two, and three, you know, most division three players don't ever make the NFL of that. Only 1.6% of them ever make the pros. I think it's important to know, like there's a lot of players. Sure. That's fine. But I think they had it right in saying you got to start playing early. And so it's got to be earlier and earlier. Will a D2, D3 athlete go on to play in the NRL? Honestly, I highly doubt it. It's not saying that they can't, but it's, it's be very hard because again, they're not playing long enough. So that's one of the fun things that these pundits are talking about. It's like, Oh, the what ifs about going to going to the U S and, tapping the untapped market. So one they want to talk about like bringing players over from the U S to Australia to play in the NRL and, you know, going to their you know, training camps or going to their academies and trying to play there, which I'm all for. I hope it happens, but the odds of it happening are maybe not good. What the NRL needs to do. And we talked about this and, uh, the, uh, Dean Ritchie, the bulldog himself has, has commented and I made a comment like, Oh, you're listening to our podcast. A while ago, we said, well, we need to set up camps around the United States for the NRL to come and do um, combines, you know, training camps, whatever, to look at the athletes. So, yeah, is there a chance to do that? Yeah, of course there is. I think it's a great opportunity if they can set up these combines. The the second part of it, I really want to know who those four players were that went over and worked with the Bulldogs. Um, So if anybody who's listening in the United States knows these four players, uh, who are they? Where are they now? Let's let's get them on and start chatting with them. So that's that's the first part of like some of the things that are just being said. Uh, so we could go on for hours and hours and hours about all the different pundits and what they're talking about. I think one of the big things right was said in the Daily Telegraph, and this you know thank you to those who um, get skirt around the paywall for me, or at least have a paywall so that they can send me. Uh, you know, that information, uh, Phil Rogers, if you're listening, really appreciate it. Um, so Russell Crowe came out, obviously co-owner, South Sydney, Hollywood, megastar, Mr. Gladiator himself. Obviously he's, he's kind of given a, a realistic view, right? They says when asked like, can the NRL crack the desired U S market? He says, end quote, I don't think it's impossible, but it's quite a difficult task. And so he kept ta- he went through the whole article and he talked about like what needs to happen. You know, there, as he said, there's, there has been half-hearted attempts. Like you've got to have a 10-year commitment and there's got to be communication and dialogue, which everybody should be excited to learn that we have found out that dialogue has been happening between the USARL and the NRL. So they've been contacted. There have been ongoing conversations. There will continue to be ongoing conversations leading up to March the second. So hopefully there's more stuff to come. You know, Russell Crowe was also talking about like, can you got to have it accessible? I think it's going to be hard to have that accessibility because the matches, and we've talked about it multiple times on the East Coast, because this is where I'm at. I was, you know, I would have had to get up at four o'clock in the morning to watch the Panthers and the Eels play that great match that the Eels beat the Panthers in. That's right. I got to keep supporting my my Eels, whether not going to probably make the uh, <sighs> the final eight, but that's okay. Anyway. So Russell Crowe, I mean, he's, he really, I don't know. <laughs> he's got some good points. I'll put the article out there. He's, he says it's easy to get Americans interested in the game. Defined period of offense and defense, similar to the NFL. I think the one thing that they are going to be hard to, he thinks it's going to be hard to explain is 
the inconsistency of how matches are adjudicated, which obviously, as we all know at the NRL right now, has been really controversial. Um, you know, I think that, it, I think, just as Crow said, I hope the NRL have budgeted properly. And, you know, you can, you know, not provide just well for the teams that are going over there to play, but also investment in what you want it to be here in the U.S. If you want to make inroads in the U.S., you've got to put some money down. You've got to have a great live production, which I know they will. You've got to have people that are coming to Legion Stadium. Can you take a Legion Stadium to the capacity of 65,000 to watch two NRL matches? I don't know. And then you had to have a national broadcast across not just the U.S., but Canada as well. And, you know, Jamaica and everywhere else, like it's got to be broadcast around everywhere. If you can generate the interest. Yeah, maybe we can maybe we can do it. But man, I don't know. It's, it's going to be tough. I think you also have people like Dean Ritchie, who are <laughs> one of his comments had something to do with the NFL. Right. In that, you know, you can you can pull some of those fans and stuff from the NFL. Man, that's a tough market to do that. Like you're just coming off a Super Bowl. Like literally will be the, I think the week before will be the Super Bowl. So there'll still be so much hype over that. And then you have college basketball that's coming up. Uh, it, it's going to be, this is a big, big task. It's a daunting task. I think from the standpoint of just getting the, the media out there, it's going to be hard to do for the NRL. They're going to have to pull all of their heavy hitters. They're, you know, Russell Crowe's, they're uh, Chris Hemsworth's, they're Hugh Jackman's and everybody who uh, Americans love to say, hey, fall in love with rugby league, but they're going to have to have a big PR campaign. We said this before, like marketing wise, I- I've talked about this countless times about how to market effectively in here. It is going to be extremely difficult. I can tell you that right now. And so I don't know what's, I, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. You know, as far as the the other impact of it and and working with the USARL, that is fantastic. The fact that the communication is working, that is one of those things that it's just we've been waiting to hopefully hear that that happens. And now that it has, man, that's it's exciting. Uh, I've heard whispers and rumors about uh, money being brought in, like financial help, uh, managerial help, as far as getting things organized, even playing matches. I know some teams want to see a U.S. Canada match before that. You know, the Friday night before. How great would that be? Friday night before the NRL, all the NRL teams and players come and watch the USA versus Canada Rugby League match. All the USA, all the NRL fans that are coming from Australia can come and watch an international match. Hot damn! Let's make this happen. <laughs> anyway, good stuff. It is going to be fun. We're going to try to. I mean, I'm going to be there one way or another. Hopefully, I can be on the sideline doing some reporting for the NRL. It'd be nice, kind of fun. Um, but we're, we're going to be there. I'm going to be there. We'll have a whole, hopefully a week-long or a couple days-long, weekend-long broadcast of all the stuff, live updates and everything like that. So stay tuned. More to come. You know, the season's ending around the Americas right now as far as matches. So I'm sure we'll talk a whole lot more about the next big thing, which is the NRL coming March 2nd, Las Vegas. All right. For the final bit of information here this week, we have the culmination of the rugby league season in North America. That's right, everybody. It's the USARA grand final. Man, 
unfortunate thing is by the time that this is released, the match would have already taken place. Slated for Saturday, August 26th, 6.30 p.m. in Jacksonville, Florida, home of the Jacksonville Actman. That's right, because Jacksonville is going to be hosting the Dead Pelicans. Jacksonville beat the Mayhem in Tampa to win the semifinals to play for the championship. And oh, man, the controversy surrounding the PCRL championship. So if you didn't read the blog post, Provo Broncos, winners of the Utah Rugby League Association regular season, went to Santa Rosa to take on the Dead Pelicans in the PCRL championship. They won 36 to 12 pretty handily. I mean, it was a close game to start off the first half, but the second half they pulled away and ended up winning. However, there was an illegal player. And whether it was miscommunication or whatever you want to say it is, you have to go back and read our article. I'll have it online so you can go and read it, but you have to read it and just kind of figure out for yourself who is at fault. I think it's a little bit of both, so can't really say much to the fact that both the PCRL and U- and uh, Provo Broncos, there was communication that didn't occur and an illegal player played for Provo. And so the PCRL stripped Provo of the championship. And so now the Dead Pelicans are the PCRL championship and they are traveling to Jacksonville to play the Jacksonville Axemen. I think it should be a good game. I think the two teams will be very well matched. It's going to be pretty exciting. It's a long trip. For those of you listening, it is a four-hour flight is where you can fly from San Francisco about four hours to get to like a halfway point. And then you have to fly like another two and a half hours to get from Houston or Dallas or something over to Jacksonville. So it's a a cross-country flight. It's the first time in history that the two teams, there'll be two teams Uh, represented both the East and the West Coast playing for a national title uh, for the USARL. Very exciting matchups all around. Um, Man, it's going to be streamed on the Jacksonville Axman YouTube page. Uh, So we'll post a link on social media, but then also have a recap. We'll watch it and see what happened. So pretty exciting. Um, It's a Combination. There's been a lot of exciting matches, a lot of champions all around. We'll have the full recap of all the champions from each one of the leagues in 2023. Take a preview to look into 2024. So stay tuned for that. That's it. That's all the news. Probably not. There's probably a lot more that we missed, but that's all that I can really muster up right now, given the the circumstances. So on that note, I want to say thanks for joining. Thanks for tuning in. We hope to have some more interviews coming up. A lot more information on what's going to happen with the Rugby League World Cup. A lot more information on what's going to happen with the Emerging Nations. And of course, coming up here in September, we've got the Women's America's Championship between Jamaica, the U.S. and Canada. So we'll cover that as well. Don't forget to follow us on social media. And hey, if you didn't see, we're actually promoting the 53 replica jersey or the lads who went down to Australia from the U.S. to play rugby league for the first time uh, back in 53. You can go online. You can have your name and whatever number you choose put onto the, the jersey as well. So go check that out. For anything else, you can tune into our social media or you can go to rugbyleagueinamerica.net. 
My name is Dustin Zare, man with a mic. And until next time, this has been Rugby League in America. Rugby League in America.